Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Play Action is brought to you by the BFLO Store, the official retailer of the Buffalo Bills and Sabres. Welcome to the Play Action Podcast. This week, this is Mark Gaughan with Catherine Fitzgerald of the Buffalo News. We are taping this podcast on uh, Wednesday morning, two days after the uh, horrifying injury to Bill Safety, Damar Hamlin. We're going to take a different approach this week. We're going to talk about Damar. Uh, Catherine, why don't you lead us off? Yeah. So as we record, Damar Hamlin is still in critical condition at University of Cincinnati Medical Center after he went into cardiac arrest during the game against the Bengals on Monday. Our thoughts are very much with Damar, his family, friends, everyone who has been impacted by this. And we wanted to share some of our perspective on knowing who Damar is. Mark and I getting to talk to him throughout the season have gotten to know him and I want to be crystal clear, this is not to eulogize him or anything like that. This is to say who he is right now, who we hope to see back in the Bills locker room soon, and just to give this perspective on what we see out of him behind the scenes, uh, interacting with other guys, and who he is, as the world has been getting to know him a bit more this week after this horrifying situation. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think uh, obviously all of us and all fans, uh, you know, kind of look at these uh, players as, uh, you know, they're gladiators, they are entertainers, performers on a stage, they're larger than life in a big way. And underneath there is a real person there who's uh, just like everyone else. The last big feature story uh, we wrote on Demar, we both talked to him. He's, he's a very engaging, outgoing guy. Catherine, you did a story not too long, a couple months ago about Demar and his relationship with Dane Jackson. This is my second year covering the Bills. He's also in his second year, but didn't get to know him super well last year just because of different media protocols. But this year with locker room being back open, his locker's right when you go into the Bills locker room. He's always there. Get to catch up with him every now and then, whether it's for a big feature story or just checking in. But I really enjoyed early on this season before the Bills are playing the Steelers week five. Talk to him and Dane Jackson for a while. You know, thinking of Dane this week, too, those guys have known each other since they were little. They played in college together at University of Pittsburgh and now now they're on the same team in the same secondary in the NFL. I, I thought that was such a cool story. So I wanted to talk to both of them before they were facing their hometown team that week. And I want to say first, my interview with DeMar for that story, just to give some behind the scenes to listeners, we have a set amount of time when the locker room's open. And then when that time's up, we're out, we're done. Went up to DeMar early that Friday because I hadn't been able to get him another day. You know, I'm writing my story for the weekend. This is my last chance to talk to him. I was like, hey, can we talk for a bit? He was like, I'm so sorry. I have to go get treatment right now, but like, I'll come back. The locker room closed and he came and met me 30 minutes after for an interview, which this doesn't happen. Um, We talked for about 15 minutes, which for a story like this is a very long time standing outside the locker room. I can tell he's tired, but 
He wanted to make sure I got all the questions I needed. It was really cool to learn more about his journey, his ties to Dane Jackson, which I can talk about more too. But even just that background outside of the interview itself, him making sure it still happened on a Friday afternoon in a tiring season, I think pretty early on this year, that really struck me. Yeah, I agree with that. It it speaks to his uh, maturity, and that's something that stood out right from the start. I mean, I talked to him after his rookie season after he was drafted, and he grew up uh, in McKees Rocks, which is a borough just outside of the city. It's really like part of Pittsburgh. Uh, And, uh, you know, he transferred in high school uh, uh, to a bigger school, Pittsburgh Central Catholic, which is kind of like the Canisius of Pittsburgh. It's a big powerhouse program and talked about how that experience was big for him because he clearly saw himself as a, a small fish in a big pond. And his approach, he understood he had to put his head down, work. And he said, you know, it's really on a bigger level. It's exactly what I have to do here with the Bills. I'm a small fish in in, in a big pond. Yeah, the high school switch, too. I remember talking to him about that. And I've been thinking so much of his parents this week. He was saying how they were so critical in that. They wanted to do everything they could to make sure he had his best shot in life. And you know, we were talking about just a bit that relationship with his parents. And he was saying he grew up with his mom and his dad like his best friends because they had him so young. And, you know, he was candid that they were still figuring out some of that stuff along the way. But in the end, it made them closer. And it shaped him in a lot of ways, too, where his chasing M's right now, the clothing line and the foundation. He said that part of that is because his parents were always so busy. His mom's got a couple family businesses helping with the daycare center where the toy drive was held and then his dad as well he said he's business savvy off of them and so that's kind of just the way he was raised you see that influence right there and so I've just been thinking of his parents Mario and Nina so much this week when it's always been so evident how close he is to them and to his younger brother too I remember when I was talking to Damar asking who all will be at this game when the Bills were playing the Steelers basically he told me that his little brother had a playoff football game. So he he started first by, he was like, I don't know if my mom and dad will make it. They've got a dilemma. He mentions the playoff game and I was kind of confused. I knew, you know, it's early October. His brother is way younger. And so I double checked. I was like, wait, I how old is your brother? He's like, well, he's seven, but our dad's the coach. And so you got two kids, you got to pick. And I mean, I was kind of laughing. I was like, not in a mean way, but just like, tomorrow, like this is a an NFL game. I is it weird to you that you're getting kind of trumped here? And he's, you know, cracking up it too, but just like, nah, two kids, like, that's what happens, rooting for him. He's he's so close to his brother that it didn't phase him for a second. I do think they unfortunately lost the playoff game, checked in with him a few weeks later, but they'll get him next year, <laughs> um, Demir and the team. So such a family guy and really thinking of them this week too, as they're going through such an unimaginable situation. Yeah, just to follow up on that, I mean, I think the Chasing M's brand is, uh, you know, another example of his maturity in a way. Uh, you know, really, Chasing Millions was started just as a slogan when he was, a, you know, younger. And when he got to the University of Pittsburgh, he 
kind of late in his career at Pittsburgh, he turned it into this clothing line and it's online and the logo is nice. The logo's been like on his, the floor, uh, the foot of his locker some weeks. And, uh, you know, they sell hoodies and socks and caps, but it's also branched out and he created this foundation, which uh, does things like toy drives and back to school drives and uh, kids camps. I go back to, you know, his maturity and talking to him about, you know, the influence of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. You know, the, the point was to talk about the football aspect of it. But really, the first five minutes of our conversation, he talked about how really the, the biggest thing he gets from them is life advice. They're married men with with families. And, uh, you know, he looks to them every bit as much or more for advice on life on being this professional athlete and living the life and how it goes off the field is a definitely a guy mature beyond his years. Yeah, I think his relationships around the defense are really cool too. You mentioned with the safeties there and then again, just that deep relationship with Dane Jackson. Something that really struck me earlier this year was the Bills had to also see a terrifying situation when Dane left the field in an ambulance Monday night football early in the season and Damar, who's known him since they were kids, became really close at college, and now they're on the same team. He was so shook up by that, of course. And fortunately, Dane was okay. He was back at practice just at the facility a few days later just to start seeing people there. And I had talked to a bunch of guys around the defense just like, you know, what's it like seeing Dane back today after such a terrifying situation? And this team is so close. Everyone's so excited to see Dane. They're raving about him. And I see Damar. So I'm like, well, obviously, I'm going to check in with Damar and ask him too, knowing how close they are, what that day has been like. And I just remember he was like, yeah, I knew Dane was back because he's already getting on my nerves. And it was in the deepest, most endearing brotherly way. I mean, that's really what their relationship is, is they're so close that he can be like, yeah, he's back and he's bugging me a bit today. And I think Dane kind of like chirped at us during the interview too. And Damar, he's really funny. So just immediately that's where he went. And we talked for a bit too about the more meaningful aspects of it, but it was just, I don't know, just so genuinely funny. And we've just been really fortunate to have that behind the scenes perspective on Damar, who's creative, he's funny, he's so loyal to those around him and just very genuine. One of the most recent conversations I had with him Last month, I was asking him about his happy lamp, the bright light in his locker, which I wanted to get one too for my seasonal depression. And he talked me through options of like what to buy and where to put it in my house. And so we're just really rooting for him to have good news soon. I think that's part of why all of this was so horrifying on Monday night. So as we said off the top, we're uh, recording this on Wednesday morning. Uh, as of now, the Bills game against New England is still on. Bills are back to work today. Going back to work is going to be a very emotional, difficult thing for uh, for uh, everybody after the traumatic scene Monday night in Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, I was there in the press box. And even from that vantage point, I can't imagine what the Bills players are going through right now. The Bengals players as well. But I think traumatizing is the right word for it. I've talked some to people around the Bills facility of just kind of the different ways they support their players, particularly in mental health. And I think that's going to be so significant this week. I'm just really making sure guys are getting what they need. Um, This was horrifying. I've covered a lot of games and different sports and, and other hard topics as well, but I've never seen something quite like this. And that's, you know, not to 
compare all injuries, but there was something just about the urgency of the situation of the medical staff who, you know, jumped into action and so much credit to them too of everything that they've done here of, I just remember seeing the backboard coming from one side, a stretcher from the other and just being like, something's going on here. And my mind kind of went blank for a little bit to be candid of just seeing some of what was unfolding and being so worried for Damar for the guys who were right there and seeing more of what was happening as he got CPR and, you know, knowing him on a deeper level than I do, of course, I I can't really imagine what they're going through. But um, yeah, just a really traumatic atmosphere, I would say. Yeah. So, you know, it all puts a totally different perspective on the game and on, on this Bills season. We've been obsessed along with the fans about are the Bills going to be the one, the two, the three seed, and really it'll play out. We don't know if they're going to replay the Bengals game, but yeah, they're going to be the one or two of the three seed and whatever happens, happens. And obviously, like everyone, we're hoping for uh, good news and updates on DeMar's health condition soon. Yes. So we'll be back next week to talk about wherever the Bills are at in their season. But just wanted to take that time this week to talk about Damar Hamlin, who, you know, we're thinking of him and again, everyone involved as we hope for good news on him soon. The BFLO store is all things Bills, Sabres and Buffalo. Visit their new flagship location in the Transit Town Plaza or check out their selection of Buffalo Bills and Sabres apparel, gifts, and more at BFLOshop.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.